0: Welcome back to another episode of Steph's Business Bookshelf, where this week I'm going to be sharing the three big ideas that I learnt from the book, The Courage to Be Disliked. Bit of a different one this week, this is a much more philosophical book, which goes into the depths of Adlerian psychology. Keep listening to find out about determinism around the tasks of each person and how all problems are interpersonal relationship problems. You're listening to Steph's Business Bookshelf, doing the reading so you don't have to. Before I start, as usual, a little bit about the authors of the book. Ichiro Kashimi was born in Kyoto, where he still lives. He has aspired to become a philosopher since his days in high school. Since 1989, while specialising in classical Western philosophy, with a special focus on Platonic philosophy, he had researched Adlerian psychology. He writes and lectures on the subject and provides counselling for youths in psychiatric clinics as a certified counsellor and a consultant for the Japanese Society of Adlerian Psychology. Fumitaki Koga is an award-winning professional writer and author. He has released numerous best-selling works of business-related and general non-fiction. He encountered Adlerian psychology in his late 20s and was deeply affected by its conventional wisdom-defying ideas. Thereafter, Koga made numerous visits to Ishiro Kishimi, the other author, in Kyoto, gleaned from him the essence of Adlerian psychology and took down the notes for the classical dialogue format method of Greek philosophy that is used in this book. And the information from the authors was taken from the Allen and Unwin, who are the publishers of the book's website. A bit about the book. As I mentioned, this is a bit of a different read from the previous and some of the future books that I've been talking about on the podcast and the book is, I'd say it was a fable style, but it's really dialogue style. So it's the conversation between the two authors. The core concepts of Adlerian psychology are explored and applied to everyday scenarios throughout the book. It's a huge bestseller in Asia with over over three million copies sold. The book is fundamentally about being the person you really want to be, by being less concerned with the opinions of others, your own doubts, and your past experiences. As more and more people seem to be paralysed in this limbo land between their truest self and the assumptions of others, the book provides a refreshing alternative mindset and views. So if you suffer from the need to please others, imposter syndrome, the joy thief of comparison, or a tendency to attribute your current situation to your previous experiences, particularly the more negative ones, then this book will provide a challenging and worthwhile different perspective. Despite being a philosophy book, this it's not a heavy read, and it's quite easy, and especially because of the way it's been set out in the dialogue format. I'll talk a little bit more about that as we go through. So into the big three ideas that I took from the book. Number one was the idea of determinism. And the big, I suppose, headline of the of determinism is the idea of denying trauma. And that is exactly what it says on the tin, and, and in the book, the he, the student or the youth in the book is aghast at the idea of denying trauma, denying really awful things that happen to people. But the idea of denying trauma is really having the choice of how you respond to what happens to you. And you're not controlled by the emotion, but you create it. The idea here is that just because, and the idea of determinism, is just because something terrible has happened to you, doesn't mean your life or the situation now has to be a certain way. We do hear and see that quite a lot in life and in our relationships. You know, oh, well, I had a really bad childhood, so that must mean, or that means I don't have a very good adult life, or I have difficulty making relationships, or whatever it happens to be. But by denying this and saying that determinism doesn't exist, so your past does not determine your future, that's what determinism is talking about, it's putting the control back with the individual the other idea shared was part of determinism is that we often behave in a certain way to achieve a goal and the example that is given in the book around this is that a woman is shouting at her daughter when her phone rings and it's a, her boss so she answers the phone and she's being very angry with her daughter and shouting at her soon as the phone rings and she answers it she goes back to her or reverts to her kind of normal state that you would talk to your boss in that's not the same way as she's you know when she's shouting at her daughter so it just shows that things like anger and, and those kind of emotional reactions can be controlled so when we, when people claim to have uncontrollable anger or these urges to shout or lash out well there's again it's denying that by saying well no because if the phone rang and it was your, you know, your mum or your boss or your friend you wouldn't carry that on with them whereas if it was truly uncontrollable anger you would still carry that into the next conversation with the other person. One of the biggest points in this part of around the idea of determinism is that a lot of us lack the courage to be happy because it requires changes. So it's much easier to stay in our sad, miserable or unhappy state because to change and to truly be happy would involve challenging changes to our lives or to our mindsets. There's another example shared around a person who says they want to be a novelist. They talk about it all the time. They talk about how they want to write books and they want that to be their their destiny. But they continue to make excuses as to why they can't, or they don't have time, or they're too tired. The book argues that if you truly wanted these particular things, or wanted to be happy, and if those things truly would make you happy, so being a novelist in this case, you would make the changes required to make that happen, and to be happy. But a lot of us, you know, like I said, lack the courage to be happy through the lacking the courage to change. I found that quite profound because those are examples of things we hear and see a lot, you know, either in ourselves or in those around us. Either the lack of courage to be happy or this idea that your past determines your future. I know at the same time, those are things, particularly the determinism element, that some people would find really challenging. And maybe even just hearing the podcast, people would find that quite a challenging idea. So I do encourage you to, to read a bit more into that. The first big idea was the idea of determinism. The second big idea is the idea of tasks and there's three main tasks that Adlerian psychology talks about. I'll talk about those in a second. But the fundamental practice here is that each of us has our own tasks and we shouldn't interfere in the tasks of others. And those three tasks, like I mentioned, are work, friendship and love. One of the important points in tasks is not looking for or seeking recognition. Because that then interferes in the tasks of others because if we need others to recognize us or revere us or or celebrate us we are worried about what other people are doing not what we are doing and that we should focus our tasks on the service of others this is where that gets down to the idea of true freedom including the courage to be disliked and this isn't about being bad or doing bad things to other people because that wouldn't be in service of others but not needing other people's recognition or reward or status to feel like we have contributed because ultimately it comes down to us contributing to others. So that's big idea number two in the tasks and particularly in the idea of focusing on only our tasks, our work, our friendship and our love. Big idea number three is that all problems are interpersonal relationship problems. And I'd imagine just by hearing that title, there's a few people going, yes, that is correct. (laughs) Uh, And when you you boil down most problems that people are having, it does come down in some way, shape or form to a relationship with them and one or many others. The book and the Adlerian psychology element of this argues that most interpersonal relationship problems are undone by first accepting yourself, and particularly accepting yourself as you are. It talks about how A lot of the time we use these things as protection tools to not accept or admit or face things. For example, saying uh, a comparison to others. So saying that, oh, my boss is unreasonable, therefore I can't do my job well. Mm, No, you have control of how well you do your job. Blaming others and comparing yourselves to others, particularly those who don't have a difficult boss in your opinion, is, is irrelevant because you can control how well you do your work. The idea I really liked in here is that you're the only one who's worried about you. And you hear that a lot, particularly with people who suffer from things like imposter syndrome or procrastination or people who don't go through with things and don't live their truest lives or live their truest self because they're worried about the opinion of others. Generally, people are just worried about themselves. You are the only one who is worried about you. If we think about that a little bit more think like that a little bit more, you would probably do more things that you want to do. There's a quote in the book that I've shared in the show notes, which is, we cannot alter objective facts, but subjective interpretations can be altered as much as one likes. And most of our environment and most of the things around us are purely subjective. So if someone doesn't like something, well, that's their opinion. It's subjective. It doesn't matter. And therefore, you should care about it less. So big idea number three was that all problems are interpersonal relationship problems. So those were the three big ideas I took from this book. Number one was determinism, and particularly the shunning of the idea of determinism. Number two was tasks and focusing on our own tasks of work, friendship and love. And big idea number three was that all problems are interpersonal relationship problems. I really recommend this book for a different view of psychology. This is moving away from the Jungian or the Freudian ideas of psychology and sits in a bit of a different school. I recommend it for confidence and I recommend it for challenging mindset. And particularly if you've been quite stuck or if you know someone who's very been very stuck in where they are and their mindset and their position on life or their existence or their challenges, this will be a challenging read because it will suggest that they are wrong <laughs> to a large extent in the way they're thinking, but it will be incredibly powerful should they take that in, reflect on it and think about it. Things I liked about the book was that it's quite stoic. It really does separate the subjective and the objective and and really focuses on what's really happening. I like the fact it's different but also quite similar particularly to some of the more modern mindset type books that you or, or theories that you will be aware of and I really like the idea as I mentioned in the big ideas around whose task is this, who is the end benefactor of this particular task that I'm doing, whether it's through work or friendships or other relationships. But that separation of tasks is so important and it really does come down to, most things boil down to that. Like, Who is the actual end benefactor of this task? And how can I use these tasks to contribute well to others? But without worrying about what others think. The other thing I liked about the book, whilst I'm not a big fan of the dialogue or the fable style books, where people having a conversation, it does make it a lot easier to read. And it does make it a lot easier to understand, particularly where it's going, some more deep philosophical and psychological Uh, theories. The other thing I liked about that style is that the youth in the book is really quite annoying but he does raise in quite a dramatic overexcited way he does raise some very good challenges which are probably the ones that you are thinking when you're reading the book anyway so that's really beneficial because you're thinking, oh no I totally disagree that because of these this particular statement because of these reasons chances are the whiny youth is going to bring that up in a dramatic way himself. So that's a, that's a good thing because it means you can then see the other side of the challenges and how they are represented in the psychology way. So those are the three big ideas I took from the book, The Courage to be Disliked. As I said, really recommend this book for a different way of thinking. So I hope that you decide to give it a read as well. If you do, drop me a note and let me know. All the contact details are in the show notes as always. And I'd love for you to hit subscribe so that you don't miss out on the next episode we're going to be covering one of my favourite books of 2018. Look out on Wednesday for the mini-sode from The Courage To Be Disliked which will provide you a short question to use with your team later this week. Until next time, happy reading.